Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. Do you want more good algorithms in your life? Did you know that when you subscribe to the podcast, when you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, when you like and love our posts and pages, the internet machine will find new ways to send good, encouraging content into your life? So please, subscribe, follow, like, and love away, that you can continue to be blessed and encouraged in your journey through the Bible. And as always, thanks for listening. This is episode 11, season 1 of the Family Bible Journey Old Testament podcast. Today we're looking at Genesis chapter 15. The title of today's podcast is God's Promises Create Faith. Our key verses for today's podcast is Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, for I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continued childless in the air of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look to heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. So shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. So as we track the highs and lows of Abram's faith, this is another chapter that is a tremendous high for Abram. Because in this chapter, we are going to see God continue to affirm his promises to Abram and give him a new dimension or a new way that this promise is going to be revealed to Abram. So we're told that God appears to Abram in a vision and says, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. So here we see Abram sharing his deepest concern with God, and we see here a wonderful pattern for prayer. God had given Abram promises that he didn't yet understand, and yet here as he continues to walk with God, and sometimes wrestle with God. We see that he is honest with God in his prayers, and he openly confesses his fear is that Eliezer Damascus, a man who's not his blood relative, is going to be the heir of his estate and be the one through whom his name or his family line is continued. But God says, no, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And then God takes Abram out of the tent, shows him the stars of the sky, and says to him that his offspring would be as numerous as those stars. Now, it is hard for us to imagine, many of us who live in a world full of artificial light, how truly remarkable a night sky is when it is pure darkness. But there are places, there are dark sky zones around the world where you can go and you can still, to this day, see the sky pretty much as Abram was able to see it back then. And when you see the sky without all sorts of light pollution that so many of us are used to seeing every single night so that we never really get a good glimpse of the night sky, you see that there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of stars that can be seen. And if that isn't enough, when you take telescopes and use the advances of modern astronomy and you examine the heavens, not only are there millions of stars, there are billions and trillions of stars out there. In this way, God overcomes Abram's fear by telling him that he is going to yet have his own son. And then in verse 6, I have this passage highlighted in red, green, and blue because I believe it's one of the most important passages in the entire Bible for those of you who are following our system of journaling through the Bible. It says, he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abram believed the Lord and he counted it to him as 
righteousness. This is so very important for us. St. Paul is actually going to quote this verse in Romans chapter 4, verse 3, when he talks about the righteous being saved by faith. We've already demonstrated that Abram is not a perfect man, but he is a faithful man. And God is going to regard him righteous because of the faith that he has in God, not because of his personal holiness or his integrity or how great he does at following the Lord's ways. And on this note, I do have one of those words of wisdom sections penned in the column of the podcast Journal Bible. And it says, we believe because we are saved, not we are saved because we believe. This is a classic chicken and egg type argument that Christians love to have. And I'm not going to try to win an argument here in this podcast, all I'm going to say is that the only way anyone is ever able to believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ as a Savior is if God has first revealed himself as a merciful, loving, and kind, and gracious, and good Heavenly Father. Only when we see or hear of the God who is a God of love can our hearts be warmed towards him and we begin to believe that he is our Savior. And so I'm going to say that faith always follows the words of God not the other way around. There are many Christians who really struggle, and I will I will be very honest and frank with you. There were many, many years of my life that I would pretty much cry myself to sleep because I knew that as much as I wanted to believe in God and as much as I wanted to live a good and a righteous life, that I knew I just couldn't do it. I knew deep down inside that there was always a part of me that was holding something back from God. And every time the preacher said, if you truly confess all of your sins and you really believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you will be saved. I knew I couldn't do it. And it haunted me and it hurt me. And it took many years for me to wrestle with this fact and wrestle with my own inabilities before I realized God doesn't love me because of the quality of my faith. No, he loves me. And that is from where my faith comes. And so this is something that I know many Christians struggle with. And I've talked to numerous people on this topic. And it is something that Satan just loves to get backwards in our brain, because if we can convince ourselves that our salvation is up to us, and then we are totally honest with ourselves, we can only fail. But when we recognize that our salvation and the gift of God in Christ Jesus, righteousness in him is given to us freely as a gift, then we recognize that God loves us so much that he took the most important thing, the matter of salvation, out of our hands, that he put it in the hands of his son, our savior, his hands who were pierced for us on the cross, so that when Jesus says it is finished on the cross, we know that the work of our salvation is finished and we are saved by his mercy and his merit and his grace. And there is nothing that we can do or that anyone else can do to us that can take that great gift away from us. And so we thank and praise God each and every day that as imperfect as our faith may be, we are saved not because we believe, but we believe because we are saved. And after God affirms these promises to Abraham, we see that there is this sacrifice that happens, that there is another vision, and that Abram is given the ability to see into the future somehow. We don't know exactly how that works with the prophets, but that God tells him, in pretty great detail, how things are going to unfold for him and for his family over the next five to 600 years, including the time of the 400 years of slavery in Egypt. I think that God gives us these prophecies and these prophets throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament because he wants us to see that he is the God who has the future in hand. Abraham didn't understand how God was going to be able to do what he said he was going to do And yet he trusted God, and we, who live many thousands of years after the time of Abraham, we can see how it was that God kept his promise to Abram and to his descendants. And so we have even better reason to believe when we know the Bible and we recognize that this same God 
who was the God of the future back then, is the God of our future, that we can, like Abram, follow him in faith and love and trust in him even during very, very deep, dark days such as the days that Abram's family were going to experience in the time of Egypt. There are so many things that can get us to question God and his love. And Satan loves nothing more than to rob us of the assurance and the joy and the peace that comes with knowing that God is the God of the future and that God is always in charge. There's a words of wisdom section that comes up. And that is that we do not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. In that statement comes great faith and great confidence that we as God's people can continue to walk in love and to follow the Lord, even when we don't understand how it's possible and even when we have no idea what in the world God is up to, because oftentimes the things of this world and the things of this life, they just don't make any sense to us because we live in a cold, dark, cruel, harsh world, and we do not have the answers to our own problems. And so it is so good for us to see here in this conversation between Abram and God, this great high in the life of Abram, that God is opening himself and listening to the patriarch and addressing his fears and addressing his concerns, that God is meeting him right where he is in his doubt and in his disbelief, and that God's purpose, God's plan of salvation is not going to be sidetracked because Abram has no idea how it is that God's going to pull all this off. What great news this is for us when we put ourselves in Abram's footsteps and in Abram's shoes and recognize that the same God who is patient on him and loving him and meeting him where he is is the same God who is patient with us, loving us, and meeting us where we are, regardless of where that is. Such good news for us in this chapter, and what a wonderful high for Abram, and we can celebrate and rejoice with him in this promise as we look forward to seeing how it is now that God is going to pull this promise off and how it is he's going to fulfill this promise that he has made to Abram. For all of you paper people listening, and I expect there are a few of you out there, especially since we are journaling our way through the Bible, if you would like to snail mail a letter or send a contribution, you can find our contact info, including our mailing address, at familybiblejourney.com. And so we conclude with our blessing. May the same word that brought all things into existence create faith in your heart, so that you, like Abram, be found righteous in God's sight. Amen.